Welcome into the Friday, November 3, 2023, Market Plus. Hi, everybody. Paul Yeager along with Matthew Bennett. I guess I don't have to say who I am and you don't have to say who you are. We put it up on the screen. Um, you, you drove this week. You just got done with harvest. You're in that area where I think this summer a couple of times I asked how rain was coming. So the question I guess we'll start with is, William, are yields better than we expected? You know, I, I think the question right now is the folks that are still going, which uh, obviously the Eastern Corn Belt was a little bit behind. Uh, some of the Northern tier areas, uh, I really feel for some of these folks in Northern Indiana, Michigan, uh, that are picking 25 to 28% corn and trying to mud it out. Good luck to you guys, that's a tough go. But in the Eastern Corn Belt, you know, in Indiana and Ohio, I'm hearing some awfully good yields. In our part of the world, we were expecting a pretty good crop. And I wouldn't say it was better than expected because we were expecting a pretty good crop. Uh, I gotta think that corn versus beans, I kind of feel like corn may have a chance that January could be a little bigger number than what uh, the 173 that we've got right now. As far as beans, I don't know that I've got a great feel for it. You hear a lot of people say, oh, my bean yields are pretty good. And then someone else says, you know, they cut they some laugh really rough beans, you know. And I, I know some of these stubble beans this year that are getting cut right now are not worth a darn. They're just not very good. We had such a dry end of the summer, it makes sense. Stubble beans the last several years, Paul, have been fantastic. Not this year, though. I've heard from multiple people tell me, yes, we were really good here. We set a record. Ten miles in each direction, terrible. Yeah. And that's multiple spots just yeah. in Iowa where they have said that's the right. case. So I guess the question then becomes, and I, I think we've asked this before, what if you're in the terrible area? What if you're in the good area? Do you approach this market differently? Yeah, that's a really tough question because if, if you're in the terrible area, there's a whole host of things that can come in to play, whether with markets is what, what was your insurance program? You yeah. know, because I'll tell you what, you're over a dollar under the spring price. So if you're 85%, you're, I think the price was like 83% of, so that means APH and a little higher yet, you still could collect, let alone if someone bought up their insurance. So do you approach it differently? Of course, you're gonna have to approach it differently. But I think one thing it's gonna tell you, especially in the West, especially in Iowa, you've moved farther West, in those areas that you're a little light, high usage areas, basis is going to hold together pretty good and it has actually because you're going to have to pull those bushels from those really good areas to the areas that didn't get them. Let's go west into wheat. I have another wheat question. In fact, I kind of used a little bit of Brandon's question. My apologies, Brandon, for the show and what I did there. But Brandon says, I'm worn out watching Kansas City wheat this week and other weeks with low ending stocks and not a spectacular winter wheat harvest from Texas to Montana. Why are we off $3 a bushel from the highs at harvest back in August? Like I said earlier uh, in, in, in the main show, wheat's more of a follower right now, first of all. Second of all, planting has gone fairly well for most people. I mean, you're looking at basically a normal pace. Uh, with you having a normal pace and weather being as it has been, plus getting some rain in, in wheat country here over the last 10 days, uh, it's probably not a good time that you're going to get much of a rally, first of all. Second of all, there are some folks out there saying maybe we pick up a few wheat acres, actually, based on how well it's gone uh, over wheat planting period. So in all honesty, it's tough to get super friendly. I totally feel your pain whenever it comes to the, the, the stocks. But you got to remember, stocks versus wheat stocks of normal are, are, are tight, right? But wheat stocks versus corn and bean stocks are just 
multiples, right? And so it's, it's, it's different. And I think there's probably people in the ag sector that would like to continue to see wheat stocks dwindle more towards this just-in-time delivery like corn and beans. Well, and that gets a little bit about kind of what you said during the main program about how one is a follower, one yes. is acting neutral. If you have all things equal with nobody has a really good stock, then yeah, right. you'll all move independently. Right. All right, no question there, just a comment from me. Uh, this is Mitch in Iowa. A uh, little bit of a follow-up. I probably should have asked this one before, Matt. Uh, do you expect the current carries and soybean futures to hang on through the marketing year? Yeah, at the time. You know, we're going to need beans throughout the year. We know that. I mean, it's pretty tight. Uh, we know that the U.S. is going to have a very tight situation, but, uh, you know, you better hope that those kind of hold on because it seems to me like most of the time what happens, producers like selling beans at fall in, in storing corn. It's just pretty much the way it works. You don't talk to a lot of guys or gals that store beans on the farm. Uh, it, it happens. It's just not near as prevalent as it is with corn. So I do think you're going to kind of keep that carry into this bean market. Uh, I don't think that they're going to have to push excessively whenever you're already looking at $13 plus beans, uh, depending on where you're at. Crush has been good. With more crush plants popping up, basis overall continues to stay strong and it's going to. Uh, I do think that you'll be able to keep carry in this, in, in, in this bean market. Well, how about uh Prying uh, the grain from your cold, dead hands. Kelly in Iowa, when harvest is done and it is in the bin, how much will the bases have to improve? Let's talk corn here, for, since you kind of just talk beans to get it out of farmers' hands. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. So, you know, you've got a couple things going on. The producer in 21 and 22 made a heck of a lot of money. All right. A lot of folks are, are saying, well, you know what, I didn't get any $6 corn sold, so now what do I do? You know, um, when's the market going to rally? And so that question, uh, when people say that, it makes me cringe a little because it's assuming the market's going to rally. I'm not saying it won't. Typically, we get some sort of a post-harvest rally. We know that. But you've got to also think about what's going on today, what's coming. Okay. If you plant 90 plus million acres and you plug that in with a 2.1 carry, uh, that the USDA is forecasting right now, and that's assuming 500 million plus additional demand year on year. Throw all those things together, Paul, and what kind of carryout do you come up mm. with with a normal size crop? You know, and so so what kind of a rally is it going to take to to pry it out of the farmer's hands? Well, you know, when you're Kelly's in Iowa, uh, overall your basis is better than my basis in Illinois. Very interesting this week. Basis levels in Illinois was prying some corn out of Indiana with folks that were trying to keep elevators going, shipping it over to Decatur type area, which is pretty close to where I'm at. I heard about some places pushing to 20 cents over already. Uh, I think that they're gonna get basis levels that are going to be conducive to be able to make sales. It's just, if you get a rally like you've seen with soybeans, if you get that sort of a rally with corn, maybe it's not what you wanted. But if it's 20, 30 cents and you get a little push for some corn, uh, you can't really call it a rally unless you reward it. Okay, so that's that side of the ledger, which we talk about all the time. The new discussion that has really come up on this show a lot in the last six to nine weeks has been Paul in Minnesota's question. With sub $4 corn and 10 to 12% interest, if that's the new norm to come for the next 12 to 16 months, is that going to be the new, I'm sorry, is that going to be the norm? And then how do you handle it? We had ground sell in our area yesterday and it averaged over 20,000. You know, and, it, and if his question, uh, if the first part of it's correct, 
how, how's that going to work? I don't know. I mean, that, that, obviously, there's a lot of cash out there still. We know that. But, uh, you know, the question is, is a really good one. It's going to be a, a challenge, in my opinion, right now. As a producer, producer, you have to understand what it boils down to is profit margins. Okay, we were spoiled in 21 and 22. You're not typically going to see three, four, five hundred dollars an acre net profit. That's not normal. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's fun. You know, but the problem is, is that you pay for it on the backside of it. And so if, if Paul wants to know what is on the backside, you know, of high prices, and we do a little bit of a study about what happened after 2012, it's not pretty. And we had cheap, cheap rates, relatively speaking. So if we have what we had happen then, which high prices, what do they do? Everyone in the world was making money with corn, not just us. So everyone wants to plant corn, right? Now you've got this glut of corn, not only U.S., but globally. Uh, if you tack on high interest rates to that, you better understand you're going to have to be a pretty darn good producer. You're going to have to be a good business person. Uh, a lot of the fun stuff we've done the last couple, three years, maybe we won't get to do for a while once again. And I'm talking not just on the farm, but family living expense, for instance. I mean, we're going to have to be careful. Let's, hindsight's 2020, and I guess if you're Joe in Illinois, he wants to know, Matt, what if you miss the boat on this corn market? What are you going to do? You know, if you miss the boat on the corn market, if you've got bins, I, I definitely want to handle my, my bushels in the bin similar to the grain elevator. What's the grain elevator do? They want to get a hold of as many bushels as they possibly can, and then they hedge those bushels on farther out. Now, there's not a lot of carry in the corn market. I'd like to see more carry in the corn market for sure, but they'll hedge the carry in the corn market, and then what do they wait on? They wait on the basis to come to them. Now, a producer might say, you know, I really don't want to hedge. I, I, I typically, a lot of producers will tell me they don't want to handle it like the elevator does. The elevator has to handle it that way, Paul. The producer doesn't have to. The producer can just bet on the come. They can gamble if they want to. Uh, personally, I think they need to hedge their risk in some capacity, though. Uh, is basis going to improve? Typically, it does. We, we, we know that. Uh, but basis is going to improve to get bushels to move. And I think basis is only really going to improve, Paul, if you see futures move lower. And that's not something that we really want to see. So um, if you miss the boat on the market, don't get disillusioned into the, in, into the hope strategy. You know, that I have to have a rally to make this thing work. Sometimes the best thing to do is to maybe say 23 wasn't the best year. Uh, but I can make money in 24. You know, if you booked your inputs, uh, when most people book their inputs, and you sell corn today, 515 to 520 minus whatever your basis is, that's a winner in most people's handbook. So uh, let's not let 23 ride too long without at least protecting ourselves. Matthew Bennett, it sounds like you're saying we should maybe know some fundamentals before we start trading the market. It sounds like we should know some costs. You are a frequent person to discuss about understanding yeah. your cost of production. Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. Because the thing is, is that, uh, you know, whenever we're trying to figure these markets out, a lot of people call me inevitably after we do market to market and say, well, you, do you think you know everything? Are you trying to predict the market? If Paul asks me a question, I'm going to try to answer it to the best of my ability. But the simple fact of the matter is, I'll tell you, Naomi, Ted, whoever, we don't know. Okay. We can give you our best educated guess, but what is better than an educated guess? knowing your costs of production and knowing, hey, I can lock in whatever it is, lock in a worst case scenario. Whenever you read my newsletter, 
I talk about it enough that people probably get tired of hearing it. But if I lock in a worst case scenario, what does that mean? That I know the worst thing that can happen to me and I can still participate in an upward market if it should occur. I may not be able to participate as much as everyone else, uh, but if we're always trying to hit home runs, Paul, uh, you know as well as I do, we strike out a lot to go to the sports reference because I know we both share that uh, affinity, but you've got to know your cost of production. And I'll tell you, some of the questions we've talked about here, uh, the challenges we're going to have probably over the next year, two, three, uh, we're going to have to know those costs of production because it's going to assist us in being able to weather, weather the storm. You bullish the Illini men's basketball team this year? Uh, you know, I was very much uncertain going into Sunday scrimmage with the Jayhawks. I know it was an exhibition game, but, you know, uh, they played it as they would play a normal game. Had the referees there, had the TV timeouts there, and Illinois controlled that game start to finish, and I was very impressed. We'll play this tape back in March, see how you feel about it. All right. We can do that. All right. Matthew Bennett, good to see you. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Thank you. Appreciate it here on Market Plus next week. We are going to have a first-hand report from an emerging market, and we're going to sit down and chat and have market analysis with Ted Seifried. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week.